Well, this morning, um, I'm not going to share with you. you get the, I get the privilege to speak and teach and, and share with you often. But with these feasts, uh, we want it to be just like, you, like what you've already seen, right? That he's faithful. He's met us all. He's saved us all. He's, he's done things for each one of us. Uh, and we all have a story. And so in these times where we have feasts, we do these every fifth Sunday. We'll either do a feast day or a serve day. And uh, in, these, in these feast days, we just want to testify of what God's done what he's done in, in us. And so you've seen uh, people giving their life to Jesus and, and really just uh, making it public for them and just a, a moment where they're going to follow Christ. But you're also going to hear from a really good friend of ours, uh, Ryan Wagoner. He's going to share his story. And I've had the privilege of knowing him for a few years now, but he's, he's also part of these Fifth Sundays. He's helping us. He, he helps out and serves at Heroes Supporting Heroes, great ministry that they do there. And they're going to be helping us with our serve days as well. But give Ryan a big hand as he comes forward. Good morning, everyone. So, uh, God is powerful, right? That's pretty moving, standing front row. So, like uh, Pastor John said, my name is Ryan, and uh, I was very humbled when he asked me to speak. Whew. So I give my testimony quite a few times, and quite honestly, this is, this is the first time I've been choked up like this at the beginning. So I was born and raised in a small town, northern Minnesota. When I say it's the epitome of country, small town, um, I used to be able to pass the time walking the gravel roads with my BB gun shooting at things in the ditch. Like, it's that small town. Our closest neighbors were my grandparents, and they lived about a mile away. So that's all small town. My dad uh, milked cows, so as a result, um, we were always the last people to go to church. The, the, the back row pew was designated to us when we showed up late. We could just slide right into church and be hopefully nice and quiet. Uh, so part of... My upbringing, part of my mom and dad uh, instilling in us how, how important God was in our lives. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, I was the Cal Ripken in perfect attendance. I went from essentially kindergarten until eighth grade with perfect attendance. Even when my mom took us out of town, she made us keep the, the bulletin from the church so we could turn it in for proof that we went to church on Sundays. So when I say Cal Ripken with the most consecutive games, that's, that's what I mean by perfect attendance in a, quite a few years. So that being said, um, as I got older, I was your typical college kid. I would go off to college for months at a time, come home, <laughs> In uh, July 10th, 2000, my life changed forever. My college roommate committed suicide. And unbeknownst to me, things like PTSD, depression, guilt, negative thoughts were, were slowly sl sliding into my life. And... This, this hole right here, I, looking back, I don't see water. 
I see despair, I see guilt, I see embarrassment, I see doubt. I see a lot of doubt in that hole right there because I was in that hole. I was so far removed from God that I was wallering in my own filth with poor decisions. So I think that's why I'm choked up right now. It, it was like I was stuck in the bottom of a well and I didn't know how to get out. I would try to talk to people and people, my own friends, they would say, Ryan, you're a man, shut up. You're supposed to deal with it by yourself. And I didn't take that well. I would try to open up and say, are you feeling the same way? I would be sitting just one-on-one, -on -one, and they would say, I don't want to talk about it, because there was more than one of us that felt this way after our friend committed suicide. And when I say a friend, I mean I have pictures of him at my five-year-old birthday party, and we were 23. And this is how the devil works. He just creeps in just slowly, slowly. He doesn't hit you like a freight train. But he starts with those negative thoughts in your head. Those negative thoughts snowballed, snow, I'm sorry, snowballed and built momentum and meant momentum and momentum. It was like one of those big rocks that got out of, out of control. So it took... It took a long time. When I say a long time, it took like 15 years of dealing with this. And in that foundation of my mom and dad that, that was instilled into me, sorry, that foundation that they built into me, like I knew better. I just knew better. I knew God was around, but I, I couldn't see him. So in the Bible, there's a story with Gideon, and he, he confronts God. He asks God, do you, do you think I'm going to send, uh, are you around? And God and him have this conversation. Gideon says to God, if you are around, make all the grass on the ground full of dew and wet, but leave the wool fleece dry. That happens. So the next day, Gideon doubts God again and says, okay, God, if you're that good, do opposite. Make the fleece wet with dew, but keep the, the ground dry. Of course, God does that. And then finally, Gideon says, okay, God, I, I, I see you and I understand you. But for about 15 years, I was just filled with doubt and guilt because of my poor decisions. And it, and it all changed when my stepdaughter invited me to church. And some of you men can relate. So I didn't think that I was... like. And you have to remember the guilt and the doubt and all the frustration, depression, embarrassment, all of that was on my shoulders. And I thought in my head that when I walked through the doors of the church, I was going to somehow like spontaneously combust. 
And this is where some of you men can relate, where sometimes maybe in a hypothetical situation, you put too much gas in the campfire and then you light the match and then you're like, like that, feeling all your fingers and toes. That's how I thought I was going to feel when I walked through the church doors again. But lo and behold, I walked through the doors and I can remember my stepdaughter continuing to walk forward and I turned around and I was like, I'm still here. Like, as soon as I walked through the door, like all that negative stuff slid right off of my, my shoulders. Like I had just taken off a backpack, like a camping backpack that had been weighed down. And that's when God really started to peel back the onion of my life. I put all that stuff at the cross. And I was able to move forward with lighter steps. I would just, just keep moving forward, just asking God for help. Like, God, you know, just help me, help me keep the devil at bay. Help me make more better decisions. Help me have better words coming out of my mouth instead of anger. You see, normally, when I stand in front of a crowd, I say, I'm Ryan, and I'm an alcoholic. Because alcohol was my band-aid. I didn't know how to deal with all the things in my head. And when I was stuck at the bottom of that hole, I used alcohol to, as a band-aid to get out. I didn't know how else to deal with it. So, I'm going to leave you with two things. The shortest distance between us and God is on our knees. That's all it takes. Get down on our knees. Say, God, I need your help. I just need your help. And there's a, a Bible passage from Malachi 3, 7. And it says, From the days of our fathers, have, you have turned aside from my statutes and not have kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. Thank you. You know, that's what today's all about. One of the uh, teachings that God gives about feast is not that he's untouchable, not that you can't know him. In fact, God decreed feasts like this so that you'd know he wants a relationship with you. He wants to be in fellowship with you. And so that's why seven times a year the Jews throw all of these feasts to, to praise his faithfulness, but also to remember that God's been part of our lives the whole time, even in our mire and our mess and in poor decisions that Ryan talked about, and, and, and put your name there. We've all made poor decisions, but that's what this is about. Coming to days like this is not only about celebrating as one big body and celebrating as one church, but recognizing that you have a God that wants to have a relationship with you. We don't celebrate enough how good our God is and how faithful he is, and we don't celebrate enough as a body to just be grateful and thankful and to share your story. So I encourage you, 
as you're out in the tents or you're outside or wherever you are today, share your story with somebody. Tell them what God has done for you. And it doesn't, you don't have to have a lot of people, you know, as Ryan shared about guilt and shame, and you think, well, I can't share as eloquently maybe as Ryan did, or I don't speak well. Look, see what God will do. He'll use you. Your story is important. We're all important to God. And a feast day like this is just to recognize how faithful he is. And secondly, that he's part of your life. And so today, as we kind of close out and, um, and we just go celebrate, you know, I think about how many of you guys have ever been to a Steelers game, like a live Steelers game? I, I mean, you know, virtual is cool, but a live one. You know when Renegade comes on? That's what I kind of think about. That moment when Renegade comes on, everyone starts clapping. You see all the, you see all the, the, the tackles and the sacks and the poundings. That's what today's all about. It's that Renegade moment where you just look back and you see God save you, help you, bless you. Even when you were in the well and you were in the pit, God hadn't forgot about you. And you all have a story. So make sure you acknowledge his faithfulness. And secondly, make sure you share your story. Talk, have some fun, have a blast. Get on a bouncy house, get some lunch, make a caramel apple. That's all fun stuff, but it really is just to show you God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And secondly, you have a story and it's important. And so this morning, before we dismiss, let me just give you some, the vision of the day. Not, I give you the spiritual vision, but the physical vision is we're going to leave this building. Um, so there's, uh, you can be in here or outside, wherever you want, but outside there's a big tent because it said it was going to rain today all day. So, you know, I prayed and then I got to Friday, had plan B, I already had the tent reserved, got to Friday, it said it was going to rain all day Sunday. I'm like, oh, we got to have a tent, we got to have a tent. The tent company called me on Friday. This is how good God is. And said, hey, I don't have enough people to set up your tent, so I don't have a tent for you. And I'm like, it's going to rain. So I called seven tent companies, all said the same thing. We just don't have enough people to put up your tent today. So I finally found one. And he said, you're not going to like the price. And I said, I don't care. This is a feast day. And he actually gave me a good rate. He was cheaper than the other tent company. I just didn't tell him. I just didn't tell him. So... so. <laughs> He's faithful. He's faithful. So I thought we were going to be all huddled in a room, but God made a way. And he moved the rain. The rain's over. We're not going to have to worry about rain for the rest of the day. And so outside in the tent, there's, there's food for everybody. So we've had it catered. Cook Goose, thank you, Cook Goose, for providing the wonderful food. And so uh, now, don't all rush to the food tent. There's, there's room for everybody, but... There's plenty to do. You can, right out here, uh, right next to the cross, to the left of the cross, you'll see a caramel apple table. So, you know, again, you've, you've got a fun thing and you've got the cross right next to you just for you to symbolize he's faithful, he's good, and you can have some fun making a caramel apple. So one per person, kids have fun, parents have fun making caramel apples. There's, there's all kinds of toppings and things that'll help you with it. There'll be volunteers to help you. There's an axe throwing. So if you like to want to get your axe throwing on, you want to get that going, that's right behind the cross there. Don't. Don't hit the cross, all right? Throw it at the, at the board, all right? So, but have some fun axe throwing. And then over here is a photo booth. Also to the left of the cross is a, is a, 
Uh, it's our Westridge tractor. It's kind of one of those, those things that have followed us for many years. It's a 1940 Ford 8N, so get your family pictures. I got people over there. Just give them your, give them your phone. There should be some young people there to take a selfie because they know how to do selfies. I'm just saying, anyone over 20 or 30, you don't know how to take selfies. They'll do the selfie for you. Just give them your phone, and they'll, they'll get the selfie for you, all right? And so get your family photos. Get your own individual photos, whatever you want. Just get a photo in front of the tractor. Get a caramel apple. Throw some axes. Uh, eat and celebrate and share your story with some people. Uh, and the facilities are here. So if you need a restroom or anything like that, it'll be here in the church for you, okay? Um, and then there's bouncy houses, kids. Bouncy houses. There is actually a boot camp bouncy house. And so this is for, now there's a little bouncy house for kids six and under. Older kids stay out of that. And then for you older kids or those of you that are old at heart or young at heart, you can, you can go through too. Um, but yeah, you can run through the boot camp and have some fun. All right, at 1230, just so you know, they're going to close down the bouncy house, spray some COVID-killing stuff on there, and then it'll reopen again. So just so uh, we're just doing all of our best practices and disciplines as well as you're here. All right? You have a question. What? Pool? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when they shut down the pool. Got it. That's usually for a bad reason, though. That's not the reason we're talking about. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Volunteers, if you're a volunteer here today, if you're a volunteer and you're, you signed up and you're volunteering, you're dismissed right now. I'm going to let you go. But everyone else, just stay seated. So if you're a volunteer, you can go head out. Pastor Manny, or he probably already gave you your stations. You're already set to go. So go ahead and make your way out to your, your areas. Um, also, if you're here today and you wanted to serve, but you didn't sign up, we still need your help, okay? So if you want to help out, um, here's what I need. At 2 o'clock, we're going to start to break down. So if you want to serve today and you didn't sign up, you're still welcome. At 2 o'clock, you're going to meet Pastor Brian in the tent at 2 o'clock, all right? And so, and then he'll give you some orders on how to break down what we need to do, all right? So at 2 o'clock, if you didn't sign up, you're still welcome to help serve. Uh, just meet him at 2 o'clock, and then we'll start the breakdown process, all right? Also, I just want to challenge you and encourage you. I want you to see today was a good day for us. It's been a weird year and a half or however long it's been. It's good to gather together. We need to gather. We need to celebrate. I understand that there is a real virus. You know, we've got God. Take your precautions. We, we always tell you, you, whatever God's telling you, what he's convicting you, you do that. But it, we need to be together. We need to serve together, worship together. So if you're not serving in the church, this is a good day to, to try it out. You know, see that God can use you right here in this place, making apples, breaking down, tearing down, whatever it is. But jump on board. Be part of the team. Not just the Westridge team. Look, this is the Jesus team. We're serving God together. And so I just challenge you and I encourage you, if you're not serving here at Westridge, this is a good opportunity for you just to try it out. We're going to be outside today. Maybe you're a little bit uncomfortable, uh, but I just want you to know your gifts, everything that you have, the way God's wired you, is not just valuable to us, but valuable to him. It's so important that we use our gifts and our talents for the Lord. And so I just challenge you, if you're not plugged in, maybe it's been a while. Look, I understand it's been a weird season, so there's no judgment coming from me, but I just challenge you, this is your time to pray and ask the Lord and to get, get back into his kingdom and his mission. All right, you guys ready to have some fun? All right, let's pray. Let's, let's dedicate the day. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Jesus, thank you for dying for us. God, thank you for every person in this room, whether we're a child or we're a child at heart today. We love you. We're so thankful for you. And Lord, we want this, our lives to be all about you. 
And so as we celebrate with this feast, God, thank you for telling us as God that we need to have fun. We need to celebrate. We need to honor you, and we need to honor one another. Lord, you're the one that made these feasts. It says in Leviticus that these aren't feasts that man made. These, these are feasts that you made. You brought these feasts so we could help remember and be reminded and know that you're also a fun God. And so we are just so thankful for what's about to happen today. We dedicate to you. It's because of you. It's for you. And it's through you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. You're dismissed to have, some, have a blast, have some fun. God bless you. Thank you for being here.